You're listening to the ConsumerFi Podcast, powered by Norridge, loan software that accelerates change. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the pod today. We've got Brian Nieves. Did I say that right, Brian? I, I never, I, you, I've you did. A long time. <laughs> Fantastic guy uh, with AUL. Um, Brian, welcome to the program. Thank you. So Pleasure I knew, to be here with you, Joel. Love having you. Brian is is my bro. I've known him for a while because he is a great guy, and he's 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 never steered me wrong. Uh, and we used AUL back in my Pelican days, and we saw some really substantial differences between the AUL. Uh, the the customers that elected to take a service contract versus not, we manage that loss program ourselves. So it was our own pool, and we chose to manage it to a zero uh, loss equation, which meant there were some customers that had some things happen that might not have conformed with the contract terms. But we went ahead and we we took care of them anyway because we wanted to we wanted to see the the losses right the the net losses kind of improve as a result. We knew that mechanical failure was a big component of uh of this and and so you know obviously people know what's going on with the used car market and uh wholesale values and all that so i think you know these these investments these vehicles to the lender to the dealer to the consumer it does make sense to have a little bit of protection around them and i thought it would be a great time now as we come out of covid to talk with brian about what's going on man like like how was it last year um how was it during covid uh, really interested to hear how things have been going, but um, but Brian, before we get into that, maybe if you want to just do a quick little background for yourself, because you have a unique background with with some of the places that you've worked and how you've come up. Sure, thanks, Joel. Um, yeah, I started at AUL in 1993 uh, as the first salesperson after our uh, CEO started calling on dealers uh it was like feeding candy to a baby back in the 90s as as you you might know AUL was the first used car service contract so nobody had ever heard of uh, such a thing and didn't think it was possible to to reserve appropriately to cover a used car and uh it was it was it was amazing and I did that um for 10 years uh, before uh, leaving AUL to get into the retail side. And I worked at a a franchise dealer group in California, worked the line, uh, worked, uh, was a fleet guy, uh, worked uh, in F&I, was a F&I director, and then uh, started my own uh, used car dealership here in in the Bay Area. Spent three years selling, you know, high mile used cars to uh, subprime customers was, uh, you know, a Westlake credit acceptance, credit West kind of uh, store, you know, a deep discount, deep subprime stuff. And really uh, learned, learned the used car business that way. It's a, it's a completely different world than a, a franchise and, and, uh, you know, bell to bell every day, you know, getting up at five in the morning to get to the auction to hunt cars down and drive them and take my chances in the lane. And uh, 
in 2007 when the uh, everything crashed and I went from selling 50 cars a month to three. Yeah. I had learned that uh, the key, you know my experience with AUL um, kind of came to light in that you know when I was calling on dealers and I would ask them for more service contracts I'd say well you know thanks for the three you sold last month I, I know you did 20 cars how can I get five or how can I get you to sell more service contracts and the dealer would say well I would love to but the bank won't advance for it you know, I have no room in my deal. I, yeah. I, there's only a thousand dollars down. And, um, so I saw, uh, an opportunity there and then, uh, came back to AUL to, um, pilot a, our, our lender program. And, and here we are now almost, uh, well over, over 10 years later, Jeez, it's 13 years. I've uh, been back at the company and, uh, we definitely lead, the uh, the country, I, I like to say the world, in uh, you know offering service contract programs and structuring them specifically to to fit with uh, lending models, whatever whatever they are. There, and there there's many different variations. Yeah, and that that lending program that you piloted, Brian, was the one that that really got us uh, tied in because we were a, a sub deep subprime lender and didn't didn't have a consistent experience with all of the various providers of warranty and service contract. And so, yeah, like lenders, when they have that kind of experience, they're not excited about funding uh, that into the deal. But when we found out that we could own our own loss reserve through you guys, that was a big game changer. We liked that level of control. And we actually you know, I kicked you guys, I kicked the tires. I did the compliance due diligence. There's no PII exchange. So it was an easy slam dunk on that. But I actually think that it was a huge customer benefit. And it really was because like I said, the way that we did it, we had a lot of flexibility to to keep our customers happy. And when you get people together, like like you and the great folks at AUL and, and these lenders, and your common mission is to lift up the consumer, it really makes you feel good about yourself at the end of the day. It does. Yeah, it does. You're right. You have such good insight, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I kind of teed, I teed this up before, but so um, innovation, I mean, that's, that's part of, that's part of the bag, Brian. Um, and, and you, I love how the innovation came from your experience at the dealership, right? Because I don't have dealership stink on me and I really wish I did to some extent because people will ask me about dealership related things and I'm just, I'm utterly ignorant. I, I, aside from buying a vehicle, I really don't know what goes on inside the dealership, but um, I love that perspective. And so, and, and I love how you bring that forth, you know, so, you know, you know, dealers as well as, you know, the lenders, which I think is great. And, th and that's really in order for you to contrive a product like that, you have to understand both sides. So in terms of um, last year uh, with COVID, um, what did it look like for you guys? And I wonder, you know, I, I don't even know if you, if you know if it's indicative of the market at large, but let's talk about what you know. How did you guys do from a, a revenue and growth standpoint? Uh, did, were, you, were you beat down? Um, did you pick up volume? You know, to give us a little light. Well, 
I, I hate to shed light or, you know, to try to paint it in a, a it, it was a scary year. Yeah. I mean, as, as it was for everybody and it was shocking and, uh, you know, working remote and all, all the things that went along with 2020. Um, but all in all, um, we, we came out of it uh, with, the, with many positives. The, the, I think the, the per, per contract or per, per vehicle revenue was down a little bit, but the volume, uh, would it actually increased. I, I, I don't believe it increased so much per dealer, um, on, on every program, but it did increase, you know, significantly. And I think it was attributable to, um, our team and our, our product development side. We came out with some new stuff where we, we started rolling out some new, new products right about February when, when everything went down and we were just determined to continue to roll those products out regardless of, uh, the work environment or, or outside influences. And, and, and we were successful by keeping our, our head down and, and grinding it out. Yeah. So yeah, we were, new we were products. Ta- we were talking a little bit about some of those and I'm, I'm super interested in just the, the application of these things, you know, at, at the different points that we mentioned. Um, you mentioned something about the time restriction versus the mileage, right? So it's always a game you play sure. when you have a contract and you say five years, 50,000 miles or whatever. And so you sit there and you sell it to a grandma knowing she's not going to drive the car more than a hundred miles a year. <laughs> right. And yeah. you're like, you're like, man, I wish, I wish, you know, for her, you know, she's going to have that car for a while with low miles. Um, it sounds like you guys have, yeah. have, have a thought on how to address that. Yeah, it was pretty serendipitous. So our, our, our product change for 2020 um, was an unlimited time product. And it, it, it just fit very well with the times we, we, it, it's, like I said, it's pretty serendipitous that we were coming out with it prior to COVID, but it made it really easy to, for a dealer to sell it to a consumer uh, when they say, well, I'm not driving right now. I don't commute anymore. I'm working from home. And so we have an unlimited time. So it expires by miles only program that seemed to be, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread uh, to a dealer uh, last summer. And it, it just picked up momentum all the way through the year and is now um, one of our I, I, one of our highest growth, uh, you know, most recent moves and it's, it's worked out real well. We started it in the franchise dealer, franchise dealers only, uh, at the beginning of the year. And then somewhere around the fourth quarter, we decided to put it into all of our, our product line, um, because it, it just was so fitting for, for the times. And, um, yeah, so we offer unlimited time. Uh, just, I believe it's 75, 100, 125, and 150,000 miles. And it's it's been great. It's been well-received. That not, is great. Uh, yeah. It, it's, yeah. Not to say that that's um, 
the only area. We also, uh, as, as you know, we rolled out a, a technology only product. So for the consumer that it has never had their engine go out because they maintain them properly and, yeah. and just they don't buy warranties, at least uh, they don't see any value in the covering the powertrain. We came out with a product that excludes the powertrain, but covers all of the, the little things that remind you of your cell phone that people touch every day and take for granted, like the backup sensors and the, the, the computer pieces of the car. And they're, they're, they're very easy to sell to a customer. You know, we don't recommend it until, until you've offered them the powertrain or, or the, you know, the, yeah. the factory type, you know, bumper to bumper type coverage. But if, if the, the consumer doesn't, it is just not going to buy that. Um, everybody has a case on their cell phone for a reason. Uh, they know how much the electronics cost. And when you tell them that there's 150 cell phones in their car, uh, they they kind of understand it. It hits home a little bit uh, more. Yeah. Than, uh, I had I had personal yeah. experience with this myself over the past couple of years. I don't think prior to that, I don't think I've ever really done too much on insurance claims. I had a uh, condenser go out that leaked into my subfloor. I had to hit a home warranty and hit my my actual um my home policy right so i have one of these home warranties in the home policy that really reminds me of what you're talking about here so my home policy is the catastrophic that's the engine that's the tranny that's all of that but then this other home warranty thing like you go buy an appliance and then you buy a tv and then you buy something else the, each of the guys is going to try to sell you their own warranty and i thought well i'll just get a blanket warranty for the whole all the consumer products in my house, right? And uh, and just do that. And I used both when I had that issue. And I even told you about how my my Entune system, it's kind of like the the whole entertainment system within my Toyota Highlander, which I love. That thing went out. And that was a $5,000 claim that I put through insurance. You know, uh, th- it, it just, I think it's a great, I think it's a great ad, Brian, and it makes a lot of sense. And these are the things that, at least in my mind, tend to go out. I, I remember talking to customers a lot, complaining, trying to push back on making a payment. And they would say, well, my, my power windows aren't working or my radio is off and I just refuse to pay. And I think, um, you know, I, I get it, but I don't get it, right? The, the, the radio isn't keeping you from getting your kids to school and you to work and all that. It's really not that critical. But I do get that it's a nuisance. And and I think it's a nice ad to have out there for for consumers. It's kind of turning the. It makes you feel more like you're shopping at Nordstrom or Costco when you can kind of return stuff, you know, after the after the, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you get these extended yeah. warranties kind of for free. It's really. Yeah. And, and it, have you have you have you gotten feedback from consumers on on any of these pro uh, on that that new product at all? Oh, we have, and there's a big value there. Um, not only for the consumer, but for the for the dealer with with used car prices, uh, you know, being what they are and yeah. the, the values being through the roof and the inventory being tough on yeah, even new cars. I, I was on the phone with a, a franchise dealer this morning that sold a hundred and I don't know, I think he said 165 units last month. 
and they only have 14 cars left on the lot. Oh boy. So, you know, um, the values are so high that this gives the dealer a, a way to make some uh, additional income on the car that, you know, that they wouldn't close an F and I, we find that, uh, a dealer that offers service contracts on every car like they should, if, if they then offer the tech only, uh, their, their penetration can go up by as much as 10 to 15%. And that's, that's really driving, uh, profits into the dealership. Yeah. And, and also the, the finance, uh, company as well, because they're of the higher, um, loans, you know, the, I just, yeah. I, I just I, look. I love, I love the 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 no mileage restriction, but that tech only product, to me, like I was saying earlier, a customer may push back and say they don't want to make a, a payment because something that we consider to be somewhat frivolous isn't working. But if you look at the consumer and what's most important to them, and if it's substantial enough that they're going to make that threat, it, it's a worthwhile endeavor to try to address it and try to hedge it. You know? Yeah. And yeah, yeah I, I I mean, I can give so many examples in personal life. If there was one feature on your phone that wasn't working, you'd, you'd probably get pissed and want to buy a new one, right? Um, but not, not everybody has the wherewithal, right? And, and the planning yeah. and, and the rest of it to kind of make that happen. What do you think is, is next? I mean, for, for, the, for the market broadly in terms of service contract and warranties, like I hear the adoption of some of these new products, but how about some of the classic products that you you've been offering or, you know, like, have, have you seen any change in dealer or consumer tastes associated with those? Yeah, I think that there's a, 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 there's an awareness building to the value and the fact that most, most people can't afford to fix their car if the engine or transmission goes out and yeah. we're, we're being aided every day by uh, infomercials and people selling uh, warranties on TV you know, warranties outside of the car loan, warranties, you know, down the road. You know, I, I think I see a a car shield commercial almost every day. You know, I don't know if it's just because they're on ESPN and that's what I watch. They call those commercials, but um, there's a big awareness out there. And there's, um, you know, I've been offered a warranty on my car from my car insurance company. You know, everybody gets the pieces of of mail or gets the phone call. This is, I get one, I get one every day for the last five years that says, you know, this is, this is your last chance to buy a warranty on that Volkswagen Passat that I haven't owned for four years. But uh, (laughs) the bombardment of, of uh, phone calls, infomercials, and uh, I think just the awareness is, is a lot greater. And, and also the, the willingness of repair facilities to take a warranty and submit a claim is, is far higher than it, it was a decade ago. Why do you think that is? I think the reputation. I think uh, a lot of, you know, back in the 90s, you know, people were selling warranties, but they didn't pay any claims. And I think that's been flushed out by uh, different different regulatory uh, institutions, but Better Business Bureau and 
the the reputation of a warranty to actually do what it it was meant to do has elevated substantially over time and and continues to to grow and you know we have we we make a conscious effort to to have fleet accounts with you know national providers like Meineke and Amco Pet Boys those kind of repair facility chains and um i i think just the the overall awareness and the acceptance is such now that you know you i buy a warranty on my car every time i wouldn't drive my car without it being under warranty yeah and i, I think a lot of consumers have the same experience yeah i think to me it's it's a lot of it is is the advancement of tech and yeah. I can't, I can't sit there with a soldering iron and fix like a mini microchip. I just bought a motorcycle, as you know, and I, I got a service contract for that. And that's going to take me up through, I don't know, however long, but I don't know anything about motorcycles, dude. You know, I, yeah. I just, I'm still learning how to ride. I don't want to mess with it. I, I remember the days when my car didn't run right, where I would, I would go to, AutoZone and buy a new distributor cap and and you know uh, spark plug wires. And yeah, I don't even think those things exist on new cars anymore, do they? Bro, I used to change my own oil in the driveway. I had the little drip pan and everything. Yeah, you know, I mean, anything to save a buck. Yeah, yeah. Those days are uh, definitely gone. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Well, um. Kind of turn it, turn in the corner to some of the the conferences. Uh, you're going to be at AFSA Independence at the end of May, are you not? Absolutely, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I'm, I'm uh, really looking forward to seeing uh, our customers and our, our our longtime friends. And and you know, we I think we took for granted that we would see each other four or five times a year uh, before last year, and. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody face to face and and telling uh, stories about 2020. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I get a sense that everybody's a little bit pent up and is actually, uh, you know, it's always funny. Yeah, I've been on both sides, right? So I've been sold to, and then I've, I'm, you know, obviously my role today with Northridge. I'm I'm looking to try to provide assistance. I want to help people, right? I mean, that's that's it at the end of the day. But yeah, I'm trying to sell stuff. Okay, great. You know, big epiphany. Don't go running away and telling me like you don't have business cards and all this other, you know, mumbo jumbo. You know, it's it's like I did we we all dealt with that for some measure, you know, and then and then now it's like people want to talk. And and that's yeah. all I ever wanted to do was talk and say, Hey, I want to get to know you and find out, oh, you're a bank. Okay, fine, you know. You, you need a system that handles deposits. Okay, great. I'll be the first to tell you that that's not my bag. But if you're maybe with a system that you don't really like, it doesn't hurt to look at something else, you know, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to the conferences this year because I think it's really a great opportunity for everybody to get together again and, and, and try to do some deals, you know, try to, try to yeah. get the, the deals flowing because look, with the way that the market is going and the shortages we have in chips and petroleum and how that's flowing through and the whole thing. I mean, this is, I, I keep trying to look back to like prior periods to see like, you know, what I can use as a historical template. 
And, um, you know, the pandemic itself is different from a financial crisis, right? We've already established that. Like, it's just, uh, I think it's going to be some interesting times. And I, I think that thanks to the whole pandemic and the work from home thing, it really shattered a lot of these preconceived notions. And we saw how much we can really get done when we put our mind to it. You guys had a great year with some innovations. And that was done all under the work from home. Yeah. You know? And the car, the car business is resilient car dealers and, uh, and the, the car business in general are, you know, they're going to, they're going to make the best out of it regardless pandemic economic crisis. Uh, they're, they're resourceful and, uh, yeah, it's, I think the future is going to be great. I think so. I think we're looking to, if we can control the inflation and hopefully help the employment uh, issue with the people on the losing side of the K-shaped recovery, which the, the today uh, uh, Biden released his his trillion dollar package for uh, kind of lifting up some of the lower tier uh, socioeconomic groups with things such as um, uh, starting uh, you know education and kinder care at the age of three and four and and, and subsidizing. Um, Childcare and things that we've look, we've seen this example work in in places like France and, and and other European countries. I think it does make sense to kind of put some of these things into play. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm bullish on on a nice on, on on a recovery if we can kind of keep those things at bay. Um, and I hope I hope I hope that people you know keep that in mind as the, as they move forward because we can't we can't keep doing business the same way we've been doing it before, right? I mean, things have really radically changed. Uh, the consumer tastes, the dealer tastes, how people do business, far more online and omni-channel. And uh, yeah, I'm all, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm actually, I'm, I'm beyond excited to actually listen to sessions. Usually I'll go to these conferences and I'll, I'll hop in here and there. Uh, I get a lot of value off of having one-on-one conversations, but I think I'm going to be a lot more interested in kind of sitting in some sessions this year. I, I agree. Me too. Yeah. So AFSA independence is going to be the next one. That's that's at the end of May. It's in Fort Lauderdale. If you go to the webpage, they show the hotel. It's right on the beach. Uh, in case you needed any encouragement to go, I'll be there. Brian, you're going to be there. Uh, For sure. It, if you're listening to this, you know, I'll give the same offer that I gave with our our, our mutual friend and colleague, uh, David Bufumo. If you see us, we're good for a drink. Okay. At least. Uh, you want to have a more substantial conversation? We'll put a stake in front of you. Okay, <laughs> that's our <laughs> offer. That's our commitment to you. Okay, and sometimes even Brian and I and David will will sometimes team forces, right? Team up to make a larger dinner. You know, these these become kind of like nice little social events. I've had such fun at some of the dinners that you've put on in the past, Brian. You know, folks, listen to this. I think they should try to pull a ticket and say, Brian, I need to get on your short list. Yeah, do it, please. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to meet meet all the new people too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know we were joking, but honestly, AUL is is a fantastic product, and Brian's fantastic people. And to me, that's like the perfect synergy because you know it, it's it's really down to the people at the end of the day, and you have some great people. I, I we still talk about the story when 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 we signed with you guys and we came up and. And we came off the elevator and everybody was clapping for us. And they had this thing on the screen, welcoming Joel and Troy and team. And I felt like I was like some kind of superstar. I felt, I, 
honestly, I've never felt so good in my life. It was it was a great feeling. Well, that's that's flattering. Joel. I encourage I encourage really everyone is. else. That was a great I, trip. I encourage everybody else to take a take a sip of that tea. But so okay, so the offers are out there. We're going to be at AFSA. Um, Brian's a great guy. Uh, he'll he'll give you an education on the whole risk and loss management side. But uh, Brian, if anybody wants to get a hold of you or find out more about AUL, you know what what's a good um, uh, contact for you? Go to the website, shoot you an email, give you a call. They, they, like? they can go to the website. It's aulcorp.com, A-U-L-C-O-R-P.com. Uh, we have a great website. You can you can track me down from that. I can also uh, my 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 email address is b nieves n i e v e s at aulcorp.com and um, I'd love to hear from any of your listeners that are interested in service contracts or, you know, talking about how the, how the benefits of, of financing a service contract can impact the portfolio, uh, with, with lower losses, with, you know, uh, just flat out putting more money on the street. AUL does some unique unique uh things for our lender partners such as uh 100% re, uh 100% refunds on uh repossessions so we we look at ourselves as a, a true partner with the lender so if the consumer can't afford it and they they haven't had to already replace their engine uh you know we give all the money back and we we can price a product specifically to to fit a, a lending portfolio we simplify, we blend our product and simplify it. So it, it makes it really easy for the dealer to to offer a service contract when he knows uh, that a particular customer, maybe their credit profile or the, the, the vehicle they're purchasing should should go to, you know, a, a specific lender. Uh, there's there's a, a ton of ways that we we can help make a product work for everybody. And, uh, that, that's, that's, that's our specialty. That's awesome. And I, and I've, I've been pleased with the performance as I know all others that have used your product, you know, would, would, would certainly agree. Well, once again, it's been Brian Nieves with AUL Corp and thank you, Brian. And, uh, I know I said it a couple of times. We are, we're conference. We, we grok the conferences. We're looking forward to seeing everybody at AFSA. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be great. Well, thanks for being on the podcast today, Brian. Thanks, Joel. Great to talk to you as always. And we'll see you soon. The Consumer 5 podcast has been brought to you by Norridge, loan software that accelerates change. We'd also like to thank the National Automotive Finance Association, the only trade association exclusively serving the non-prime auto financing industry.